Um, we are <laughs> we're continuing a sermon series today called No Fair. I suggested to you last week that uh, we learn pretty early in life that life is often not fair. And as we get older, that lesson that we learn just sort of keeps getting uh, confirmed. Uh, if, for instance, if you've got mutual friends and they and didn't invite you to the play or to the concert or to the party, even though you invited them to a play or to a concert or to a party, it's not fair. If you have told your school friend that you're crushing on this boy, that you really, really, really like him, and then your school friend accepts an invitation to go on a date with that boy, it's not fair. If you've done everything right, if you exercise faithfully, if you eat all of the, the correct right foods, and yet you come down with a serious illness, while someone else you know never exercises, and they never eat right, and they never get sick, it's not fair. Or if you have decided in your own mind that forgiving somebody seven times seems like going way beyond what you should do, only to hear Jesus say, no, you've only scratched the surface of how often you should forgive someone who has hurt you or wronged you, it's not fair. Our passage of Scripture is this text from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. And the title of the sermon today is The Math of Forgiveness. The Math of Forgiveness. If you were with us last week, you know that we read just before this in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 18, Jesus is instructing his followers about how to handle conflict. And it is that instruction that Jesus has provided to his followers that prompts Peter to ask the question that we find in our passage of Scripture today. How often should I forgive someone who has hurt me, who has wronged me, who has harmed me? How often should I forgive? And I want to suggest to you that Peter not only asks the question, but then he provides the answer that he thinks is probably correct, and he's probably really proud of himself for the answer that he gives. He says, how about seven times, Jesus? You see, Peter realized that Jesus places a premium on forgiveness. He spent enough time with him to know that. Peter also knows that the rabbis of his day said that one was obligated to forgive someone else three times. So Peter's thinking, all right, I know that the rabbis say that it's three times. I know Jesus places a premium on forgiveness, so I'm going to double that number, and then for fun, I'm just going to add one to it so that it's seven. You see, Peter realized that seven in the Bible is the number that symbolizes perfection. It's a number that symbolizes completeness. It's a number that symbolizes wholeness. 
It's the number of days that it took God to create everything that there is. And so Peter's feeling really good about himself by saying, how many times should I forgive? How about seven times? Because it, in his mind, the number of perfection is the perfect number of times that you should forgive somebody. And that's going way above the call of duty. And imagine how Peter feels when Jesus doesn't commend him for his perfect answer, but instead Jesus says, you've still got 70 more times to go, or as some translations put it, 70 times seven more to go. I'm guessing that Peter, upon hearing Jesus say that, is thinking to himself, now that's not fair. Seven times in my mind is more than enough. So where does Jesus get this number? Seventy-seven times is the way that our translation translated. Where, where does he get this math that he uses for forgiveness? Well, I think you probably have to look no further than the law of Lamech. Now, I'm willing to forgive you if you don't remember who Lamech is. If you've completely f never heard that name or have forgotten who Lamech is, you're off the hook today. Because this story about Lamech is a really short story in the Old Testament book of Genesis. And it happens right between two huge stories in the Old Testament. It happens right after Cain and Abel's story, and it happens right before Noah and the flood. I'm suggesting to you that maybe where Jesus got this number that you and I are supposed to give 77 times comes from that really short story in Genesis about Lamech. Here's what happened. Lamech was wronged by another man. And Lamech responded to that wrong by killing that man. And not only did Lamech kill that man, Lamech boasted about it. Lamech said, don't mess with me. If you come after me and you wrong me, I am going to retaliate against you 77 times. I'm wondering if that's where Jesus came up with that number. I I'm wondering if Jesus realizes that Lamech's way of handling someone who has wronged you, someone that has wounded you, someone that has hurt you, it only leads to retaliation and death. And what Jesus wants to suggest is that uh, his way leads to life. So you can follow the law of Lamech, and you can retaliate, and you can kill, and you can destroy, or you can follow the way of Jesus and not seek revenge like Lamech, but instead, in that same number of times, seek forgiveness from someone else. Now, it's important to note that Jesus' number here, 77, and indeed the numbers that he uses in the parables to come are, uh, to steal a word that I used last week, hyperbolic. Uh, they're really, really exaggerated. Jesus is trying to make a point here. And, and, and so this number 77 is set so high, not just because 
It's Lamech's number that he seeks to retaliate. But Jesus wants us to know that he's not expecting us to just keep a little tab, you know. Uh, somebody wrongs you and you're like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, you've got 53 more times before I can go after you. That's not what Jesus is trying to suggest here. He's not suggesting that on the 78th time, then you can go back to the law of Lamech and you can bring this man down to size. You can retaliate in the way that Lamech did. That is not what Jesus is saying. And so Jesus then follows this exaggerated number 77 by telling this parable, and he exaggerates the numbers in this parable. Uh, For instance, he says that there is a story about a king who is beginning to settle his accounts and that there is one man that owes this king 10,000 talents. Now, biblical scholars say that it takes one year in order to earn one talent. So this guy is going to have to work 150,000 years to pay off the debt that he owes that king. That's a highly exaggerated number. Jesus uses that number intentionally because Jesus wants you and me and everybody who was listening to him that day to realize that the point he's trying to make is that this man owed a debt that he could not pay on his own. He was incapable of paying for this debt. Even if he wanted to pay for this debt, it was beyond his ability to do so. And so this man who owes this big debt, much like many of us in our lives today, is still unwilling to acknowledge that this is something that he can't do himself. And so the man even says to, G, to the king, uh, if you will just be patient with me, if you will give me the time, I will pay you back everything that I owe you. Oh, you're going to pay 150,000 years worth of a debt back to this guy? It's exaggerated. He cannot pay this debt on his own. He is dependent upon the mercy of the king if there's anything that's going to happen at all. And then the king, hearing the man begging for patience, doesn't give him more time. He doesn't restructure the debt. He doesn't reduce the debt. He does far more than the slave asked him to do He actually forgives the debt. He forgives that man of everything, of a debt that he could not pay on his own. It's truly amazing what he's done. So, even though this man has been forgiven of this great debt, he leaves that place And soon he finds a man that owes him money. It's a lot less money. It is a debt that the the second man could have repaid in time. And, And having just received this great gift of mercy and forgiveness, 
he sees this man that owes him a lot less money, and he says, pay me what you owe. And then the man that owed the second debt responds with the same exact language that this slave did when he was in the conversation with the king. He said, just be patient with me. Have mercy on me, and I will pay you back everything that I owe you. And the man refuses. Now, this upsets the king because the king has forgiven this man, first man of his debt, but, but the king still, the debt didn't disappear for him. Uh, the forgiving of this man's debt came at a great cost to him, came at a great expense for him. And, and, and the king is upset that having paid this debt at such a great cost, that this man doesn't go and offer forgiveness to someone else. The one that had mercy extended to them, refused to extend mercy to someone else. The one who had experienced grace from the king refused to go and show grace to the other. Now, I've got a baptism, uh, two baptisms and five people joining the church today. Is that right? So I can't unpack all these nuggets for you. So I'm going to fast forward. And I'm going to give you like the Cliff Notes version of what I think that we're supposed to take from this text. The first question that I think Jesus wants us to think about as we hear this text is that why should God forgive us if we are unwilling to forgive other people? I think that's the first question that he wants us to wrestle with. And then I want to suggest to you that maybe the point of this story is not how many times should we forgive someone else who has hurt us or someone else who has wronged us. Even though that's the question that Peter asks, I think Jesus may be trying to reframe that. And the question here is not how many times should we forgive, but is what does experiencing forgiveness ourselves, what's that supposed to do to us? Having received mercy, having received grace, having received forgiveness, what does that do to us? What's it supposed to do to us? And I think what Jesus is trying to say that unless you who have been forgiven are then willing to forgive others, then you really haven't understood the whole purpose of forgiveness that comes from God. The final thing that I want to say to you this morning is that it's so cute when the kids are up here, oh yeah, you should forgive more than 490 times how sweet. You and I know that you're lucky you get two forgivenesses from us, right? I mean, it's hard. It's really hard. Because you've been hurt, you've been wronged, you, you, you've, been, you've been wounded. And it's really hard to keep forgiving people over and over and over again when that has happened to you. And what I want to remind you is that Jesus is not unaware of that. 
Jesus himself knew what it felt like to be hurt, to be wounded, to be harmed by other people. And yet Jesus was willing to forgive us anyway. Jesus, like the king, was willing to give up something of great cost, an enormous cost, so that we might have forgiveness. Jesus took the debt upon himself so that we could be cleansed of the debt that we owed. And what Jesus is inviting you and me to do is to do the same thing, but at a much lesser cost. Jesus is inviting us to keep trying to forgive. Because we have been forgiven of something that we did not deserve to be forgiven for, our sin. And because we have been the beneficiaries of that grace, It's only fair that we keep trying to offer forgiveness to others even though they may not deserve it, even though they may not uh, ever be able to obtain it. I think that's what Jesus is inviting us to do. It doesn't seem fair, but it's the only way that leads to life. To not forgive... It's just going to eat you alive, slowly destroy you. It will slowly kill you. And Jesus wants all of us to have life.